My least favorite thing just happened. Ding, Actually, ding, my ding. biggest fear. We recorded a whole intro hmm. and Devin's mic wasn't on. My biggest fear is jellyfish. Are you for real? Yeah. Hi, welcome to Well Said Red with Lily and Devin. We're two redheads bringing our chats to headphones near you. Talk soon. jellyfish well okay biggest fear maybe that's false but when people say like what's your irrational fear even though i would argue jellyfish it's can very kill rational you. it's very rational yeah but i had like some like great uncle or like a relative i never met who died via jellyfish sting oh my god and honestly i don't even know if that's true anymore or if that's just something that he was like a really bad jellyfish that feels very sting. steve Irwin, right r.i.p i know Love worst man. day of my childhood life when the crocodile hunter passed oh same it's terrifying yeah truly terrifying but yeah and so when I would go up to like the San Juan Island area in Washington, there would be jellyfish because, you know, the ocean mm. and we'd be on the beach. And I just had probably half true, half fabricated part of like this weird family history. Again, I don't know if this man actually died via a jellyfish sting, but that's just like what my brain has led me to believe. We'll have to fact check with my mom. <laughs> um, but I was just like, oh, you can't get stung by a jellyfish because you're going to inevitably die. I will say jellyfish are very scary because there are so many different kinds. I used to have a book growing up mm-hmm. where it would like tell you all the different kinds of marine life. Ooh. And there was this one terrifying image in there mm-hmm. of the most massive jellyfish I've ever seen. It looked like a dinosaur of some kind, oh like some gosh. kind of prehistoric dinosaur. And its tentacles were over a mile long. So you could what? get stung by it without ever seeing it. Oh, that is terrifying. And it could kill you. You know, that's just rude. But that's also why I truly believe that parts of the deep ocean are just none of our business. No, I agree. We should stay out of it. Yeah. Like people, they want to get die further and figure out all that huge percentage of the ocean we yeah. know nothing about. Not for me. No, absolutely stay out of it. That is up for Disney Pixar and Disney Pixar only. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to segue that into um, jobs. Well, we were talking about Instagram before I rudely oh, cut yeah. us off, which was going to be a good segue into jobs, but now Here, we've brought it well, up we'll non-organically. Do, we'll do a prelude, an Instagram prelude. <laughs> an Instagram prelude. Lily was telling me about this idea that true friends do not actually read any captions on Instagram. Right. And I 100% support this idea because it's true. You do get immediate support. Mm-hmm. Like if Lily posts anything, I'm 100% doing hard eyes, fires, she looks so hot. It's 100% support. She could have told me that like she just shit her pants. And exactly. I, I wouldn't, I would be like so fire. And you'd be like, oh, you go girl. <laughs> you go girl. <laughs> you did post this one photo that was very much Pirates of the Caribbean vibe. And oh, I'll, I'm going to out Isaac right now. But he said, he was like, um, I'm sorry. Do we know a pirate? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, we do. She's, wow. He's like, is this Johnny Depp? I mean, I I'm offended like, he didn't comment that on the Instagram. I know. But I also too hard him. about his comments. That's sometimes. fair. He's a thoughtful man. <laughs> he is. He's very thoughtful. <laughs> he has to get the right zinger in. You know? uh, that's hilarious. But that is true, though. I do think like it is instant support. Yeah. And so for a brand... How do you create instant support if not through your friendships? Exactly. And that's the thing. I think some people, I'll say it, including people I know, mm-hmm. can be a little snooty with their Instagram follows. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Or mm-hmm. those people who are like, well, I can't like every one of someone's photos because then, you know, who like play this mind game. Yeah, who does and, that? And I so? have friends like that where I'm like, huh, I know you must be seeing my stuff because you're one of the first people to watch my stories because yes, Instagram shows me this, but I also know I, I, I can go down a rabbit hole and I can see that you've not liked all my photos. You like like one photo here and there. 
Interesting. Why is that? Why are we playing this mind game? Because I also, the, I will out myself. I really only post photos to Instagram that I take with my DSLR camera mm-hmm. that are like high quality photos. Yeah, they're like, nice. Like, uh-uh, I'm not putting together crappy content here for you all. Would no, you please enjoy curated, it? curated, beautiful content. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's gorgeous. But I'll I'll also be honest, I don't I don't hardly see posts anymore. That's like, true. I only see reels. And mm-hmm. reels for some reason people don't like like they don't like them actually. Isn't that so funny? Reels like, have so fewer You could actual have 3000 views and one heart. Right. Oh, I got I think on, on my latest reel which has friend of the pod Trella, friend of the pod um, Trella on it we because it was for our podcast episode for her and which I got, you should like, rewatch. Absolutely. Listen. Um do, do something audio based. <laughs> audio. But it got like 42 likes. And yeah, I was like, oh my good. gosh, for a real? I that's am a fantastic. star. And it was actually friends, I think, because it was like, I mean, we were all three in it. But I was like, hmm, we look were, at what you all are capable of doing when you're actually we were supportive. Also acting very silly. Oh, yeah. We were dweebs. We should we just dance so in front dweebs. of the camera more often. I left my bag that day on a cone. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Title of a memoir. Left, all was well. I left my tote on a cone. <laughs> I left my tote on a cone. A classic tote on the cone problem. <laughs> Anywho, all that to say, Business. Business. That's yes. our segue. So today we are, again, flying by the seat of our pants as we usually do. Classic. Um, well, yeah. And we're talking about jobs. And I think... Jobs. And here's the deal. Before not you Steve. tune out, not Steve, heaven forbid. I also know nothing about that man other than the black turtleneck thing. That's it. That's all I know. That's all I got. Um, is I think this is not a boring episode. I know jobs. Sounds boring. <laughs> but... I think the amount of emotional breakdowns that happen in offices, the amount of financial distress. I mean, jobs, they write their own like period piece drama ultimately. 100%. And I think that's why we're going to talk about it today. Well, I also think like think of all the Instagrams that are built around like when like when's happy hour by betches oh. or like, you know, yeah. all the things that are like built around jobs these days, mm-hmm. like in the pandemic. Like I follow a girl who literally is like coined the term like your bestie or something like when it comes to like yes. work bestie or things like that uh-huh. like it's a very very real thing now like talking about your job oh yeah or all those like millennial reels about the millennials in the workplace like getting their iced coffee and then being at their you know stone cold nine to five like we're very funny about the workplace we are but then at the same time i'm like we shouldn't cry at work as much as we do <laughs> yeah we do cry a lot so there's that and also like i think it's one of those classic like comedian stand-up points where you're like, I actually just have to make jokes about my trauma because 100%. that's where we're at. Which really, I mean, I practice my stand-up routine pretty regularly. So Do you? <laughs> via the podcast or a doctor's offices, I really try to get my doctors to laugh. Yep. The dentist. Oh, I have the dent. I have been to this orthodontist for a couple of years now. I have got them right where I want them. That sounds terrifying because they're in your mouth. Ex- oh, yeah, exactly. It's like a high risk. I, that's thing. You got to get in with a joke real quick because then you're pretty much like, indisposed for the rest of the time that's true you got to get them with a real singer no exactly no my orthodontist loves me enough that she saw i was wearing Allbirds um sneakers one day a brand i will stand by forever and always and she's like oh i like your shoes and i was like oh thanks so much they're Allbirds. i really love them they're sustainably and ethically made they're made of wool and i like gave my whole like Allbirds spiel the next time i came in she was wearing the same shoes as i had on in a different color and she's like look lily i'm wearing your shoes and she wore them that day because they were shoes that i had like told her about that's so tender i know oh i my love gosh. her that's so sweet that's what happens when you get braces in the middle of a pandemic the only people you see pretty regularly are your orthodontist i didn't know you had braces in the middle of the pandemic you must have seen me in these braces at one point i don't know that i did because i had them for a full year i had them 
August 2020 through July 2021. Really? Yeah. So I didn't see you as regularly during no. that year. But there would have been like at church or in passing. Yeah. yeah. I had them all that year. Maybe I do. Were they clear? Yes, they oh, were okay. clear. I've, I feel like now I remember. Yeah. The top was clear and then the bottom was metal, but you can't see the bottom teeth. So. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, speaking of orthodontist, that's a job I wanted to be when I was little. You wanted to be an orthodontist? I did when I was like in second grade and everyone was losing oh their gosh. teeth. And I was the kid who I would have like the slightest wiggle in my tooth. And you know, you're like not supposed to force a tooth out of your <laughs> mouth because it's like, bad. it's like bad for your oral hygiene. And if I felt the slightest wiggle, there's, I did not rest until that tooth was gone. And so I would come downstairs at like 11 o'clock at night, like blood gushing from my gums and be like, I got it. And my mom and dad be like, you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to like kind of let it chill fall out pretty much on its own until the right. very end i'd like no no and it just drive me crazy i would just like <gasps> pick it like a scab and so i would do that and then my sister started losing her teeth because she's like three and a half years younger than i am and i'd say hey abby you want me to help you out with that and she'd be like no so i was over here pulling out teeth like a maniac and i thought hmm, i could be an orthodontist whoa yeah that's wild but then i wanted to be a nascar driver so we really took a a deep turn dang that's yeah. wild yeah what did you want to be when you were little um, I think I wanted to be a vet. Okay. But I'll be honest. Um, I'm so glad I didn't because <laughs> I was in a TikTok hole last night. Oh, no. Um, following this girl who rescues foxes. And I I was weeping. Oh. I was weeping. I mean, the the idea that a fox did not make it yeah. after rehabilitation was uh. just shook me to the core or like having I, to put down like senior dogs oh my so gosh tough. i mean could you even like truly seeing any animal in pain really really wrecks me mm-hmm. so thank god the lord was made me bad at science quite frankly like thank god a woman in stem she is not i am not she and um yep nope they, it's just bad it was bad yeah so i read a ton of animal books i was like the queen of anything animal mm. especially horses mm-hmm. talked about horse girl before um i think i think we've talked about horse girl before. i think so i was a horse girl but um i yeah i wanted to be a vet i was like, wow i want to be in the animal game and now that i've seen this woman who like in her spare time rescues and rehabilitates oh my gosh, wild animals saint. what a saint she literally works another full-time job and has two kids I don't know how she does all she this. She does 10 more hours in the day than we do. Well, yeah. She also, she was like, people have asked if this is my full-time job. It's not. I actually work as an office administrator for our family business. She's like, which is a privilege. Like, she's like, right, of I course. do have a support system. Mm-hmm. But she's like, I'm really grateful. She's like, but it's still really hard. And I was like, yeah, dude, uh, you have to leave like at any point of the day if somebody's like, I just hit a fox or <laughs> another animal. I mean, could you imagine the trauma? If someone's like, dude, I just hit a fox. I got to call that girl on TikTok. <laughs> like could you, i don't even know where she's based but like i imagine like, I she's call getting so girl. many yeah like so many people in a panic like if they've hit an animal they're like i'm calling tiktok girl i'd actually love to hear that call oh my gosh like, me too that would be so funny like how you can listen in on 911 calls yeah. i want to listen yeah, yeah, yeah. to tiktok girl I calls hear, uh, i gotta call tiktok girl <laughs> <laughs> i don't remember her name maybe i'll put it in the show notes oh but so funny they the foxes are very cute that's what i've come to discover oh, yeah. very cute and i'm a huge fan Mm-hmm. Huge fan. Huge fan of people that rescue animals. I think it's very sweet and something I'm not capable of because, I mean, 
if a dog has a less than like 12 year life expectancy, I mean, I'm just like, I'm already like, I can't commit. in a puddle. Yeah. I'm in a puddle. I can't right. commit. Like I really wanted a great day. And then mm-hmm. I realized they only last like six years. And I was like, I can't, that's too, too much. short. It's, it's too, too short. Much. I would go through too many dogs and I'd be so sad. Every oh, time. and it's, it kills your heart. When oh they, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. And they like start breaking down earlier in life. Uh, and I'm like, Oh, tragedy, but they're beautiful dogs. Beautiful dogs. Anyways, enough of that sad note. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I wanted to be when I grew up. Um, <sighs> But I think we're going to talk about first jobs. Yeah. So first jobs as in like the very first job that you had to fill out tax forms for. So mm-hmm. yes, a lot of people had babysitting or house sitting, dog walking as first jobs, a good lemonade stand for the early Pizza entrepreneurs. Deliveries. But yeah, like what was the first um, tax job you had to do? Well, truly in line with my wanting to be a vet, um, my very first job was actually dog washing at a dog groomer's. Oh, I yep. love that. So I got to learn all the different kinds of dogs, how to wash and dry their hair, depending on the kind of breed. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you got to dry it straight if it's a curly-haired breed so the groomers can actually cut it correctly. Um, you got to learn how to put, you know, cotton balls into dogs ears so that they don't get you know ear infections those kinds of things um and it was actually um a good like family friend of ours business and so she was uh so she hired me because she was starting a new business um and it was actually really great I worked there for I think about a year year and a half um I started doing like trimming dogs paws and like cutting their toenails and things like that too I never like did full grooming but I kind of like learned how to like look at do some of the finishing touches and whatnot on like goldens and not like complicated breeds um like you know poodles and things like that because their hair got a little funky right right but it was not a fun job washing dogs. yeah did you smell like dog all the i time? smelled like dog all the time my hands were so dry Ugh. from washing everything so much just like um, harsh soap yeah so much harsh soap and like i mean it's truly you are just in the back with loud hair dryers all day like mm-hmm. and they're these are like heavy duty dryers because right. you have to like hold it's like i'm trying to think if there's like a, i don't even know it's like a hair dryer but like a huge like vacuum style hair dryer that mm-hmm. you're just like blowing on these dogs hair like so so loud um so you had hair all over your body <laughs> i walked out of those salons sometimes and i mean i truly was covered with hair or you're soaking wet because the dog jumped out of the bath or something like you're just never clean right that day the dogs might be, but you are not. Yeah. You always look and smell like a dog. So uh, it was um it was rough. But you did you did get tips. Okay, so that was kind of nice. So you get a little extra than like what you're making minimum wage. Yeah. Which was really nice. And most of the time you could like go in the morning and then kinda like leave in the afternoon because okay. um dog washing usually happened in the morning, so then all the groomers would like finish the dogs later in the oh, day. Oh, I see. They kind of like stack them a bit uh-huh. um, so they never have like too many dogs in one go. Um, but I actually – I did really enjoy it. But I don't think I could have lasted longer than I did. Um, How luckily, long did I, you like, last? Um, so this was like a high school job okay. um, like after babysitting. So I think I did last like a year in a summer. Oh, great. Um, and then I went to college. Nice. And then I wasn't employed there anymore. Mm-hmm. But it was a great, great business. Just for paws. Just for paws. So cute. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Did you have any like huge life lessons you learned? Um, I would say no. I think it was the first time I got to like kind of work on like a scheduling, like like a nice scheduled situation, mm-hmm. which was really nice, like time management wise. Like actually having to like show up at work was, I think, very like 
for trans like forming you yeah know? like being on time to work and like making sure that I wasn't overbooking myself especially as someone who was like still in school mm-hmm. but I was homeschooled so like I had three days a week that like I wasn't in classes regularly so I could kind of allow myself like some time to actually work which was really nice um and I think that also like helped me balance my like workload at at school a bit too like I knew if I had to work the next day like I was actively doing homework like other days you know or doing it in the mornings or you know Mm -hmm. all that so um I think it definitely taught me like a lot of time management skills good nothing really about life except that I would say (laughs) Except for a lot of different kind of dog breeds. Well, I mean, something you'll use forever. That's true. That is true. Hmm. Time management. Huge. Yeah. Huge, huge, huge. And knowledge of dog breeds. And knowledge of dog breeds specifically. <laughs> I use that daily. I'm going to quiz you when we're out on a sidewalk. Please. And be like, Devin, what kind of dog is that? It's a Bichon. <laughs> there were some dogs that we really had to like watch out because you get some really angry dogs. Oh, yeah. Um, I think there's like a breed of – I think it's like an Alaskan – husky of some not like a true husky but it's like a different kind it's like a white oh yeah it looks almost like a fox i know what you're talking about super aggressive dogs Mm -hmm. really bad not great family dogs Mm. and they will bite you so we had to put the cone of shame on them (laughs) well deserved it sounds like yeah there was a huge doberman Uh that was literally i feel like as big as my body i just remember getting dragged to the back by this dog but he was so sweet oh good a gentle giant a gentle giant most of the big dogs are really gentle yeah right they're just like really awkward and they like don't really know why they're there they're just kind of like what's going on yeah right (laughs) they hear the drawers and they're like ah (laughs) they're pretty chill Oh, that's so cute. But um, what about you, Lily? What was your first job? My first job, it's funny that you mentioned that you smelled like dogs forever when you worked there because I smelled like marinara sauce forever because I worked at a pizza shop. <gasps> that's fun. Did yeah. you get to learn how to like spin the pizzas? I did. I did. <gasps> oh, my dream. You'll have to teach me. Oh, it was it was great fun. I worked there my senior year of high school um, and then I stopped when I went away to college as well. But it was through, I actually ended up working with a family whose son was in my class. So very small. Um, it was a chain, but they had franchised it out. Oh. You know what I mean? Kind of like how people can franchise a Domino's. It was a smaller chain, but it was like their store. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, it's like just, you know, there's probably like 10 employees yeah. total. Um, and it was great, but I couldn't eat red sauce pizza for like a year and a half afterwards because I would go home and I would wash my hands and I would shower and then I would shower the next day before coming in and I just could not get the marinara sauce smell off of me and maybe it was just you know like people have those like phantom pains I think I probably just had this like phantom marinara smell on me forever Mm -hmm. um but it took and we had other pizzas where we had like a pesto one and a white sauce one and a barbecue sauce one so I could eat the other sauces because they weren't in like a giant vat because they were made a lot less so I never ended up smelling like barbecue or pesto or white sauce Mm -hmm. but because the marinara was in this giant vat because that's the most popular sauce if there's just no avoiding it I'll, I'll be honest, that was that was also me at Starbucks. You, oh, you yeah. never don't smell like coffee. Right, exactly. You, you, just, can't, like you just can't get away from it. Yeah. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I was not a delivery guy, <laughs> delivery yeah. boy. Um, and that's because I was a girl, actually. Like, they didn't let girls deliver for, like, safety reasons oh. um, because you're the only one in the car. Right. And so they're not going to let their minor um, right. girl. I guess I wasn't a minor for – 
most because I turned 18 the beginning of my senior year. Okay. Um, so I wasn't a minor for most of it, but still they weren't going to let a teenage girl right. deliver on her own because sometimes there would be like sketchy stuff. Yeah. Um, that would just have been a bigger safety issue if it would have been a female driver. So I stayed in the shop okay. the whole time and I answered the phones since I was never going to be out on delivery. Like I was the, if I didn't have like a pizza in my hands, I was the primary person to answer the phones mm. um, and like take the orders and work within like the pay management system and whatnot. Um, and it was just really funny. Like there were some very distinct moments where I was, and I was like a pretty put together teenager, especially by my senior year. I was like in leadership. I was on yeah. honor roll. Like I had a lot going on. Um, and there were still some like very humbling moments at the pizza shop where I'd be like, you got me. I need to, get, I need to like be humbled every now and then. Like and it what? was great. Like, what was an example? Oh, there were some, first of all, we had this like older man, who worked there on the weekends. Like he was just the weekends and he would deliver. And I think ultimately the owners probably did that just to kind of have someone when they didn't want to be in the shop, like sure. keeping a bunch of high school kids ultimately totally. like in shape. Because it was me, it was the three sons of this couple who owned the pizza shop. And then like one other girl who was maybe 20 hmm, and then okay. two other guys who are like in their very early 20s as well so it's a very young crew totally. in general um and then there's this older man and I had just had a day where I was just like frustrated and I'd made a few mistakes and I didn't think I was being pissy but I like very clearly was apparently and oh we gosh. clocked out at the same time and went home because we weren't closing that night so it's probably like like after dinner rush like eight or nine and he was just walking out and he was very nice. He was very firm. He's like, you've got to like not think you know everything. And I was just – and I like did not have a huge pride issue as a kid, but I like had really like apparently slipped up that day. And I was just like – and I was just like, like mortified because I was like, what do you mean? Like I know I don't know everything. And he was just like, you just got to take it and roll with it. Like pretty much like loosen up, like you don't have it all figured out. Yeah. And as one who was in so many leadership positions amongst her peers, I was like, crap. You're like, oh I no, don't have it figured like, out. I'm supposed to like if no, I don't, I'm, if I don't have it, what's happening? Like what in the world? But and I was like just mortified and I was pissed off and I was just like, like what is he? What is he even talking about? I don't have that attitude, you know. Blah right. blah, blah blah. And now looking back on it, I was like, I don't even remember this nice man's name. I'm like, Aww. oh, I'm like it was so good of him. And he was very gentle, but he was very like firm like firm about it as in like your life's gonna be better off for you if you just like learn this now learn this now and i would like to think that that was a small stepping stone i mean like all Thank right you, i man. didn't know i had this problem but like and i don't think it was a huge issue in my life but still i was like just all a right little check. like in like a workplace like achievement oriented environment i was like that's fair that's yeah, fair that's, like, a, that's like, a good call out something yeah, good to know about yourself too because like as like you know, there's more collaborative, like, co-working spaces and mm -hmm. things like that. Like, and also as jobs get more stressful, like, because you have more stakes involved, like, it is really good to know, like, oh, like, if you're a, if you're a person who gets stressed out and starts getting a little, like, pissy about it, like, mm -hmm. that's a very good thing to know for people, you know, like, yeah. of yourself because you can check yourself, you know, and be like, okay, I need to make sure that I'm, like, on my stuff and that I'm not, like – just assuming I know everything, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's really good. And then there's one, there's two other things. This pizza shop, I tell you. Wow. First is that delivery guys get all the tips. Of course. Because they get, go on deliveries and they get like immediate right. cash in their pockets or the credit card receipts or like their pile of receipts they turn in at the end of the night. I didn't get to deliver 
So I was only inside and it was something my dad noted. He's like, I never used to like tip for pickup for restaurants because of like, what are they doing? Like they're bringing it to the front. They're not delivering it to my house. And then because like I got a share of whatever tips were left in the restaurant tip jar. And so it was much less usually than the delivery guys. But because of that, my dad would then like, he began tipping at restaurant pickup because he's like, I know this like impacts people like you who are still working like like the full time. Mm -hmm. It just looks different. And then the second, the last thing is that you need to slow down because when a dairy-free pizza is called for, but then the toppings include cheese toppings, you can't leave out the cheese layer and then add the cheese topping, which is what I did one time. So we'd have a supreme pizza, which would have like red sauce, yeah. cheese, sausage, peppers, X, Y, Z, and then you would top it with a little dash of mozzarella, right. or like shredded mozzarella. Right. And so I saw the no dairy. I was like, great skip the cheese layer but then I was doing the toppings and still included the cheese topping oh no and then it came out of the oven and the owner was like who did this pizza which he did for everyone like everyone as I worked there like had similar situations but I just looked mortified and I was like it was me I'm so sorry it's so humbling when you know you made a mistake and and you're like right and I had that other very humbling moment I was like okay and the I, owner was not someone you wanted to like. He was a very nice man, um, and still is. But was someone that you don't you want to didn't mess up. want to um, like when he was in the store. Everyone was a little more on red alert. Yeah, I will say like I used to carry around like, and I think this obviously is just like when you're younger, you just like don't you don't have like the brain capacity to like realize this. I don't think, but like I carried around so much guilt if I made one mistake at work. Oh, same. Oh my gosh! Like thank God I've like. I think just grown up and realized that mistakes are normal, but like mm-hmm. I would feel so guilty the rest of the day. I would yeah. carry it around with Same. me. I would harbor it. Yeah. Well, and like that, that situation with the, with the stupid cheese topping or like when the other guy like talked to me, I drove my mom's old 87 Chevy Silverado, like this tank of a truck. Whoa. And I would be like jostling on the road back because Aww. driving that thing is like you just are bumping all the time. And I would just be like so angry at the world. Like, oh, I can't believe I did that. Anger myself ultimately. Yeah. Um, but no, I was the same way, which thankfully I and you like make Thankfully, it such a big I have deal in shed your head. that layer. Yeah. I am no longer. I mean, I really have to like really, really, really screw up yeah. in order to still harbor that like I used to. For sure. I feel like like there are still like obviously big screw ups. Like, um, like the last time I felt that way, I think I sold a piece of jewelry at a retail store that was like I undersold it essentially, like because we never kept the tags on anything because it was like a luxury store. And we never kept the tags with the product. So we just had to know the product. And it was still, I was still pretty new. And so I sold the product as something else, which was like, <laughs> I think it was like $400 less than what it was. And it was mortifying. Like looking back on it now, like, yeah, obviously it lost the company money, but like, it's not a big deal. But I was mortified. I was like, oh my gosh, I've just sold this piece of jewelry. That's so valuable. And it's, yeah. you know, I undersold it, but to be frank, they made even. Like, they didn't, like, right. lose they any were money. Fine. They were fine. They, like, obviously had marked it up a ton. Right. But I was just mortified, you know? And I, like, tried to call the customer back that bought uh, it. Like, you know, it's like the walk of shame at that point. You're like, I made a mistake. I'm right. sorry. I rung up the wrong tag. But, like, truly since then, I don't think I have felt, like, the massive weight of guilt for no. anything unless, you know, I decided to go into the, you know, medical field or ex- something. Ex- then I would make Exactly. Well, and that's the thing. I think – 
it really is just so different than for sure <laughs> than what it was as for far sure. as like the weight you put on your mistakes yeah. i've also like worked at startups and seen startup mm-hmm. founders lose crash and burn 25 million dollars in funding in mm-hmm. three months you know what i mean um and so that's where it's like oh okay you know what the little mistake that i made probably probably not the end of the world yeah for sure um with that said uh was there a valuable like internship or anything maybe mm-hmm. like post-college that you did that maybe like brought you a couple more life lessons or maybe it didn't at all and yeah. it was just completely random um but I think internships are something that we like don't really think about often because mm-hmm. like they are something that either you do or you don't do in college quite frankly like I didn't do very many but they're obviously all recommended if you do go to college or even if you don't go to college like I think they are still recommended I think they're a bit of a hoax (laughs) oh 100% they're a bit of a scam um but I do think that like you can still learn valuable things right um so I'm curious your experience there well and that's how I mean that's also how I feel about (laughs) college degrees right it's like it's funny because for a lot I mean you're in my fields for instance like you do need one in order to be considered for a lot of these jobs at the same time, a lot of the things you do for these jobs, you learn at the job or on your feet, Correct. right? Just like for internships, you really need internships on your resume to be considered for these jobs. But sometimes these internships are coffee runs or, you know, something totally. where you're not actually learning those lessons. Um, so I quickly realized I did not have an internship on my resume. Like, and I did college in three years. So like the middle of my second year, I was like, oh, wow. Hmm. <laughs> I should get myself one of these. Um, mm-hmm. And I was newly writing for like a media startup that had an editorial team on my college campus. And they had this internship program that they were just like, everyone's going to apply for this. Um, and I was like, okay, like, great. I'm already doing this. I'm in leadership. I've only been doing this for like three months, but let's apply for their internship program. And they had like 500 people apply for this program. Oh my gosh. And so my mom and dad so many. were very much like, she's never going to get it. You're going to do great, sweetie. Woohoo. We're cheering you on. But like very much so we're like, what are the odds? You know, like yeah. some of these kids have been with this program for sure. a couple of years now. Um, and lo and behold, I got the, you got the job, <laughs> which was in New York city. And then it was the kind of bad. like, exactly. And then it was kind of like the, yay, we got it to, oh crap, I have to learn how to live in New York City for 12 weeks on $10 an hour pre-tax. That is so intense. I actually can't think of a more intense thing than moving to New York City as a college student and then having to figure out how to live, commute, work in the city. Yeah, it was wild. And so I think ultimately like with such a low budget, with such a low budget, um, that's, I mean, one of the main reasons whenever one like whenever anyone talks to me and they're like, well, I just don't know I can, if I can afford it. I don't take that excuse. I'm just like, you know what? Yeah, if you, like, Listen, if you wanted to, if you really want it, you can make it work. Mm-hmm. I guarantee it because I've, I've done it. Like, yeah. and that's not to say that you, and I'm saying, t- I'm telling you this because I did it. And it's not that I think I'm the only one that can, right. I'm telling you that's because like, that was my option. I was like, if I'm going to do it, you I have to work. make this work. And so that's why I think you can do it too. It's not that I'm this like, hyper unique individual it's that I just decided to do this thing that you can also do Mm -hmm. but I think that internship really it served a lot of purposes as far as the day-to-days go not great 
the work was like ridiculous. It was a lot of like random, almost like recruitery work that was interesting. Just like annoying. It is. I mean, it's a long story for a different day. Sure. But it served its purpose in the fact that I had never even considered moving to New York. And then I had 12 weeks as like a test run ultimately and learned a lot because it was like an on-location internship. Um, also taught me a lot about just differences in what post-grad would look like, especially because I did post-grad about six months after graduation in New York. As far as like, oh, I live in Brownsville, Brooklyn because that's where my rent, that's the, the only rent I can afford with roommates these 14 other interns live in the NYU dorms because grandpa and grandma are paying for rent. You know, like I learned about wealth discrepancies and how like, oh, I didn't know someone else's like familial wealth could actually impact me socially when I can't go out to eat. And you, you know what I mean? Like different things that you have to learn eventually totally. in New York. Um, so it was nice to get that test run. And ultimately I ended up working at that company after college. Like that's the company that brought me to New York full time wow. because I had made those connections as an intern. And so I mean, take that what you will for like a work wise, but it did serve a lot of purposes. And I realized that the best place to cry is in a WeWork phone booth. That's incredible, actually. I would highly recommend That's it. That's a huge tip. Is that a tip for the youths? That's a tip. <laughs> Advice for the youth. Advice for the youth. Or WeWork has great bathrooms because they're floor to ceiling mm. doors. Like it's like a little room. I love There's that. There's no cracks, which I firmly believe every bathroom should be I this way. I 100% believe in that. Yes. And so they're great places to just like have a little meltdown. Yeah. Which when you're 20 years old and you can't legally drink and you're trying to figure out life in New York City and you're like, yeah, okay, so I can afford scrambled eggs and grilled cheese. Yep. And that's what I can do. Yep. So then you have to cry a little bit in a free bathroom. I also took all my tampons and uh, toilet paper from those same WeWork bathrooms. So the job in and of itself served a lot of purposes in my life. <laughs> Quite literally. Yeah, right. A lot of purposes. Wow. Yeah. But that was my internship. Wow. Oh, and then, so that internship, $10 an hour pre-tax comes down to like seven bucks an hour. Jeez. New York City taxes. It's I ridic- can't even imagine. It's ridiculous. Like, I actually can't imagine. Like that's why when people say like they need budgeting help for New York, I'm like, send me your exact financial situation. I will figure it out. I'm going to send um, you mine. Yeah. Oh, do it. I, I, I love nothing more. But then I was not, I was just like not breaking even. And I was like, shoot, I need, I need another job. Yeah. And so I was like, but then no one wants to hire you to wait tables. If you're like, Hey, I'm going back to college in two months. You know what I mean? Sure. Like you could, but then I also was like, I don't really want to give up my nights because then I'm getting back to Brownsville, which for those of you who know the area was like, not necessarily a white picket fence neighborhood in the summer of 2016. Um, I didn't want to get back late. And so I applied for this internship that um, can be, could be considerate to a Miranda Priestley situation. Oh God. Um, And I kept that internship throughout my senior year of college and continued to teach me a lot of things because it was, it was money I needed, but it was not, it was not work I enjoyed. No. Did you do it like remotely? I did it remotely. It was social wow. media management. Um, mm-hmm. So I could do it remotely, but it was, it definitely helped me learn about like workplace boundaries. Yep. And just really working for someone who is a personality type I had never actually met in real life. You're like, you're a character. I was like, you exist. <laughs> well, you're, you're real. <laughs> you're not just a caricature played by Meryl Streep. Wow. Interesting. Oof. Yeah. We don't love that. But those are my two internships. So it went from okay. zero to hundred real quick in my internship life. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Um, I can't, I actually can't even imagine $7 in the city. Oh my gosh. I, I don't even know what to do. Um, but I'm sure a lot of people live on that. Yeah. It can, frankly. it can be like, done. It can, it can be, be done. done. Um, 
as someone who has a gluten intolerance, I'm like just thinking about the like the bread alone would be seven dollars. Oh, <laughs> that yeah. I don't have to buy. Oh yeah, you make a grilled cheese. You couldn't eat bread. <laughs> I couldn't. Eat, I couldn't eat anything. Um. Anyways. Uh. Okay. Internships. Um. I was one of those uh, also late to the game with the internships, mostly mm-hmm. because I did like three study abroads with my college because I realized I was an English major and didn't need that many credits, so I could love that go forth in the world. Um, and it was basically like the same amount of money because I was going to a small private school. So like it was the same amount of money if I was on campus or if I was in a different country. And I said, I'm going to be in a different country. Um, which honestly taught me a lot just about like how to also budget because you're given like a card for the day, essentially a Venmo card. And they're like, okay, this is your budget for the day. Good luck. Like figure it out. Um, and you're like, oh, okay. Um, but I then after being abroad, I studied, um, I studied in England a lot. And so I decided I was going to think about moving there. So I actually also graduated early. And so for my, um, I think it was my senior, I think it was after my senior year, I did an internship. Um, so it wasn't in college, but it was like right after college. Uh, and I found this internship through a friend of a friend, essentially it was a friend of a family member and they had a company, it was like a media marketing agency. Um, and they still exist and they're doing really well. Uh, and I, they basically agreed that they would like, let me work there and get like work experience for like a month living in London. Um, and I was there for like three months without a visa. So I was kind of like, yeah, sure, whatever. But they were like, we could pay you. And I was like, well, I think that would like be illegal. <laughs> so maybe don't pay me. They were like, okay. Um, so they didn't do that. Um, but I would commute from like a little outside of London every day to go like with the commuters to go to work every morning. And I honestly like didn't do anything at that job. <laughs> I sat at a computer and pretty much everyone ignored me and I just kind of like read a bunch of articles about media and design and I mean I was an English major so like quite frankly I was given nothing to do um until one of the workers took pity on me his name was Stu he's amazing and he was like so what are you interested in I was like honestly publishing and he was like well great we do books like why don't you look at this thing and this thing and I was like thank god something to do and he was like maybe you could get on these lists of emails so we could figure out like what this competition is doing for like promotions and things like that and I was like would love to he started giving me actual things to do and I was like thank god because also doing an internship in England is like a complete cultural difference because no one's going to come up to you and talk to you. Oh, interesting. Nobody's going to social. It was a complete open office workspace. I was like, this is so cool. It's so trendy. Like they had like, you know, all the snacks, all the happy hour. Like everyone would like, it was so cute. They would go around and do a tea call. Everyone Aww. was like, anyone for tea? And they would like go around and do like, they had a whole platter. Like, so what are you taking? What are you taking? What are you taking? Wholesome. Or coffee, tea. It was so sweet. And quite frankly, like, so wholesome because they would all do it for each other. And, like, so they would ask me to, like, what do you want? And I'm, like, and so, like, it would, like, be everyone's turn. Like, it was, like, a communal thing. Like, uh-huh. someone else would take the turn next time. And it was so sweet. That was truly, like, the most tender moment I've ever experienced in an office. But no one would come up to me and talk oh. to me. And so I didn't know what to do because, like, again, I'm, like, 21, mm-hmm. out of college, haven't been in, like, a corporate 
kind of feel. This isn't necessarily corporate. It's small, but like still feels like a very full-time job. My favorite time of the day was honestly commuting in and out (laughs) because I was like, I feel like I'm in a real job, but once I get there, I just count the hours. Because you're like in the thick of it. I'm in the thick of it with a throng of commuters. I'm swiping my Oyster card. I'm grabbing a muffin on the way from this little bakery. That is very satisfying. It's so satisfying. You kind of forget like, oh, I'm in the thrill of it. Like this one bakery I'd go to every day. And the man who worked there was so attractive. But also he said like (laughs) every time I would go and pick something different. And he, one time I picked like a chocolate, like muffin of some kind. And he was like, so we're being a bit naughty today. And I was like, <laughs> I'm weak. I'm going to die. I got to go. <laughs> I got to get out of here. I was like, I can't. I'm like full, full blown. I was like, yep. yep. See, and that's the thing. Commuting and rush hour traffic it's is so not fun. the same. Like commuting on public transit does it's bring so that rush. It's so fun to be in public. Whereas like if you're commuting for the first time in like a car no, in rush horrible. hour. No one cares. Then it's just cares. frustrating. But it is kind of an adrenaline rush. Being on like, the train. Oh, I'm getting on the train. I know where I'm going. I'm transferring yes. correctly. If Ugh. I need to transfer, like you really do feel like such a little grown up. You really do. You honestly really do. It's really fun. And I even felt the same way when I got a job here in New York. Yeah. I was like, I feel so cool to be able to get up so early or like leave in the time of day and just like uh-huh. go to work, you know, like yeah. go into the city for work. Right. Like it feels very satisfying. Um, but I will say that although that was possibly one of the most like boring jobs yeah, I've ever worked, I, it actually did kind of scare me about working in an office for a while. Mm. I had like a major fear of like, I don't want to go back to this like very stuffy kind of work right. culture where I'm not going to do anything. Like I really didn't, I didn't even really apply to a lot of offices because like you were in, back in California because I was scarred. I was like, I don't like this. Yeah. I don't think office life is for me. So I was like, I don't know what else I'm going to do. And there weren't a lot of remote jobs back then. Um, and so I worked at Starbucks for a really long time after oh, that yeah. before I got um, my first big girl job at a university. There you go. So, um, but, and that did feel very important. I will mm-hmm. say like it did feel very important, but my advice for the youth <laughs> to end this is do not let one experience kind of like shadow mm-hmm. other opportunities because I do think like when you are young and when you're not comfortable like with uh, true adults who have been working in a sphere for a while like internships can be very like intimidating yeah. and you know you're like at the bottom of the totem pole already so like anything you do is like just being watched you know mm-hmm. but I will say like don't let that one thing like really to hold you back from applying to other things or applying yourself in other areas because I do think like every office is different and that's just something that like I just hadn't been exposed to at all Mm -hmm. so I wasn't aware I was like they're all like this yeah and I do think that's I mean so applicable to everything else too because Mm -hmm. I feel like when you when you kind of like I have the tendency for instance to really just like dig my heels in (laughs) like I am very stubborn Maybe not in a super vocal sense, but I think mm-hmm. my friends who have like been with me through the thick of it are they know like she'll dig her heels in. I do that on friendships. I do that. Yeah. Um. And it's and it's a lot of good ways too. Like I do that for my friends. I am loyal to totally. a fault. Like, um, it pays off. But it also means like if you have one bad experience, sometimes I'm like, well, see ya. You yeah. know, because then you're like, all you're right, really quick done. to turn on heel, and then you and then you quickly like make up your mind about something totally and I find that I have friends who they really do need to like justify all of their decisions and so then they almost like over talk themselves into mm. why one thing happening one time means that's like a rule for everything you know yeah. what I mean kind of like digging their own grave totally and 
I really do just think that's when the Lord swoops in with yep. a similar situation that is perfect yep. and does like kind of knock your pride down a bit. Of yep. Like, oh, you so thought you knew what was going on totally, and you have no idea. Yeah. Um, so I do think um, if you are really stubborn in some of those things, um, it can come back to bite you because totally those lessons are can. a lot harder if you've like decided boom boom done about something yeah well and you can just hide from yourself and like Mm -hmm. hide from your potential which I think only harms you you know like later on like I think if I had like I just think about like oh my gosh if I had started out like right after college like I'd already done two internships gotten a job right away that like was paying money like that Mm -hmm. I could actually sustainably live off of like I think about that a lot where I'm like, actually what ended up happening was I was working retail still like yeah. in like well into my twenties, like supplementing with a job that like was freelance or, you know, trying to right. pick up something else. So it's like, yeah, it can really like alter your career if you hold yourself back in like certain areas. But yeah, obviously I have no regrets, but it is true. It can hold you back because it can really blind you. Yeah. So advice to the youth that's some sage advice to the youth there dev that's what we're that's what we're ending on <laughs> ending on that anyway um yeah it's a bow on top yeah bow on top but if you have a first job that you feel like we should know about um by all means please send us a dm send us an email uh share a tiktok with us i don't know whatever the kids are doing we are open to all forms of communication <laughs> we are indeed open to all forms of communication um and we're trying them all quite literally we are nothing if not all. communicators we will start a conversation with you and whether you like it or not um so i hate to break that to you we'll send you reels we'll send you reels if you send us reels so <laughs> just letting you know that's the deal uh it's a two-way street out there um but uh where can you know they find us lily oh that's such a good question Devin. i'm glad you asked yeah. we are on instagram and tiktok at well said red pod you can also send us an email if that's more of your jam well said red pod at gmail.com um, please rate and review us on spotify and apple yeah we want five stars we want your glowing reviews we want to hear what segment made you belly laugh we really do um we really just we're greedy we want it all we want it if all there was a segment that really touched your heart we'd love to hear about yeah. it we want your highs we want your lows yeah you know highs and lows valleys we love some valleys and peaks anyway. roses and thorns roses and thorns. whatever you want to call it that's that's what it is that's what we want that's what we want from you All right. Well, Well, until next time. Yeah. (laughs) Bye. Bye.